I am unashamed. What about you? Talk on the speaker. Should I dial your house or her cell phone? I'd call her on on, her, on the, the house phone. Okay. Dan may be there. All right, just go ahead. Start. Start. Okay, good. My truck quit, so we had sent it to the shop. They had to haul it off in a wrecker. Really? Fuel I pump. wondered what happened to it. I had to Fuel do pump. that with, with Mia's car. We located the truck. cheese. The cheese has been located. Cheese has been located. Now we're trying to get who's going to go get it. So Jace is calling Miss Kay. She's in there cooking. Yeah, there you are. Dan, oh, the is, is Kay no, uh, no, available? No, her. Call, talk to Dan. Uh, yeah, she's out here on the front porch. Tell Dan, Dan to do it. Quick. Okay, Dan, belay that order. Uh, <laughs> we've located the cheese. and The cheese has been located. The cheese. Where's the cheese at? It's Anna's at house. Anna's house. It's at Anna's back house. Refri- back refrigerator. In the back refrigerator. And Phil is summoning you or Miss Kay <laughs> or to reduce that to possession. Cheese, C H E E S E. It's from Wisconsin. It's a special cheese that was intended for Phil. The keys of the cheese. The middleman has commandeered the cheese, which is okay. Calls so we just need ang- to get what's left of it down here to the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before it's all gone or it turns green. Hey, tell, call Anna, uh, Dan. Call Anna and get the get the specifics because I'm just a middleman here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd Jeez. hate for you to show up with a set of keys. That's not going to go over at all. No. Keys. Okay. I don't. I don't want Jason to think he has a list or anything. I just want to make sure I hear it now, right? Wisconsin <laughs> cheese. Wisconsin cheese. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Call Nat. Relay that information, then we'll go round it up. All yep. right. Good work, Dan. Right. Good. All right. Ten four. <laughs> What's going on there? Everyone needs a unique. Dan is a eunuch, but he is the most trustworthy individual I've ever run well, up on. Most eunuchs probably Steady were. Eddie, you did a good job with him, yeah, son. that's right. Steady Eddie raised that I board. I feel like we needed to create a board. You know how they do in these investigations, and you have the cheese and you have the arrows going down. It started in Wisconsin, people, but then who were the people involved, and now how are you going to get the body of cheese? And So when did it actually show up? Did it show up at the church building? At the building? It was Sunday morning. They took me back in the back, and they said some people from Wisconsin, very kind-hearted people, left you some cheese. Well, I thought, go back, you know, get the paper bag, little little, little. plastic deal. But when I looked, it was two boxes that would take up this entire table. <laughs> and, and I looked at it, and if it, you'd want to go poundage, I would say... There was a hundred and hundred over a hundred pounds <laughs> of prime Wisconsin cheese, and I said, "We have hit the jackpot." Well, I had to tell you. This. Thank you from you folks. I don't even, I don't know your name. I forgot I'm your name. I'm sure you listen. That's I'm going to tell you right now. If you eat all that cheese, you're going to have a new problem. We're going to have to investigate somewhere in the plumbing. There's going to be a full stop. No. I've eaten a lot of Wisconsin cheese, but it is no no trouble with the lower bowel tract. None. Well, I suggest you eat a lot of fiber to get ready for that. Pounds of cheese. That was. But was that nice of them? Oh, that was amazing. I looked at it. I said, you know, I hate that they spent that much money on because surely this was expensive. So maybe they have a cheese uh, farm. Maybe they do cheese. They they came and visited us, I think, and and uh, but I really hope they contact you. So I can thank them and tell them I'll, I'll pay for it if they want me to, the cheese. I think that ship has sailed now that you well, have Well, yeah. Cheese. But that was a uh, great was, act of kindness on their part because yes. I love Wisconsin cheese. You do. You, we I buy, told them, I said, you buy it from them. I said, duck calling. I said, they're, they're not the world's greatest duck callers. I said, however, they are the world's greatest cheese makers. That's right. I salute Wisconsin people from there because of the cheese. Yep. And I say, they I do love make the them best. dearly. Oh. Keep it coming. All about the cheese. <laughs> All about the cheese. Do you know how it wound up at my house? I, I mean, how did that happen? I walked out to get the cheese. <laughs> I, I saw it being loaded up in Phyllis and Tony the artist in their rig. I saw both boxes go in there. 
I said, bring it on to the house, but then we'll separate it and take out whoever wants cheese. Right. I said, because obviously we can spread that around. You yeah, can't, I you said, can't we'll, eat it. we'll, we'll, now, 100 we'll, pounds, throw, throw me two or three pounds of it. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could handle that. I looked that. up and I looked in the back of their rig, went out there to get it. And she said, no, no, we, we, we left. They, they said, keep that up here. I'm like, yeah. No, see, <laughs> this that comes down here to the river. Some of it. I said, they can keep what they want, but but send me something. I said, boy, the, this is the great cheese heist of uh, Easter Sunday. When the Europeans came over, Al, any way you want to slice it, you know, the ones who settled in places like Wisconsin. They brought their cheese recipes with them. They brought the recipes with I just, them. I like the any way you want to slice it. Yeah, any way you want to slice it. So no pun intended. Here comes the cheese makers, but it takes time to get the milk from the cows to the place where they make the cheese. You know, it's you think about how complex a, a, a thing that is. Well, I, and for them to this day, two thousand twenty-one years, you know, since Jesus showed up. All these people came over 240 years ago, 250. They started migrating this way. Well, in that group were the cheesemakers that ended up up in places like Wisconsin. And I say, thank God the cheesemakers came <laughs> with their recipes and they knew how to make it once they got here. Because, And now if you just probably looked at the bulk of cheese that comes out of Wisconsin, it would probably blow your mind. You see what I'm yeah, saying? The only other I've had that is as good as the Amish cheese. Uh-huh. Same deal. I'm sure there's the same reason why. That Amish cheese is just like Wisconsin to cheese. To me, whoever put the Colby Jack in the Pepper Jack and combined it. Yep. Now that, because that, I just got on that within the last two years. To me, that was revolutionary. Have you eaten that? Yeah. They maybe. have... I'm not sure. It's called Colby Pepper Jack. Colby Pepper Jack. I've eaten every but, kind of cheese you could eat, though, through the years. I mean, I, I mean, to I, me, but you can't ever find it. You know why? Because people like me, if I see it, I buy it. Because <laughs> it just it's like it's hard to find. I don't think I've ever the seen it. The cheesemakers in Wisconsin, they are somewhat lacking in duck calling skills. <laughs> However, they're making a cheese overrode that big time. And I cut them some slack on the duck call yeah. and say, listen, you don't have to be the world's greatest <laughs> duck caller. Just keep the cheese coming this way. Yeah. And you know what? I, okay. One of my favorite things is the, I told you about this, Dad, the cheese curds, which I'm not sure wh- what that is in the process of making the, the cheese. Is that the cheese that squeaks? Squeaky, squeaky. When you squeaks when, it, when you so eat it. So the reason why is it's hearty, so you can fry it. Or like what I love about it is you can put it in a soup and it doesn't melt. You know, like mm-hmm. cheese will just melt into a, like a ball on the bottom. This holds its shape. Huh. So if you eat like a hot soup, like I like with my corn chowder, I put those cheese curds in there. But they're hard to find. You but I them? like, but I like melted cheese. I do too. Melted cheese I do is too. one of the greatest. Yeah. If cheese a Kia, I'm I've probably taken years off my life. <laughs> I <laughs> eat cheese every day. Or it won't kill you. No. no. Okay. Have you ever taken just put it just like shredded cheese and put it on a a baking sheet and just bake it in the oven till it gets crisp and eat Love it like it. that. Yeah. It's so delicious. Oh, I right. guess milk is the product it's coming from. Is yes, the source, it's right? A, it's Here's a, what I it's can't a dairy cow, out. yeah. Why do you take a block of cheese? I think I brought this up before. You can cut a hunk of it and eat it and get one set of sensations, but you can grate it and and it's a it's like it took on a new <laughs> flavor form. Yeah. I actually Yep, true. When cheese is freshly grated, it is physically impossible for me to walk by a plate and, and not reach. Missy it. tries to slap me every time. I can't. I like, but it's you. It's this is uncontrollable. Yeah. I mean, this is like putting a you know drink to someone. And you're right. And then you melt it, and it has a whole other has a whole a whole other. By the way, is I don't think. Uh, Cheese is mentioned in the Bible. What do you say? This was cheese came along. That's interesting. Cheese came along after the Roman Empire. I, I, you know, you. I I would think they might have been making some goat cheese back in the day. You think? Yeah. Yeah, That's a good question. I mean, 
I don't know that that's I've never been asked that question. Dad. That was yeah, just off the top. Stump the preacher. I mean, how long is cheese mentioned in the Bible? Yeah, as long as you know, it's as fine as it is. Well, the sad thing is, what if we find out somewhere in the Old Testament says don't eat cheese? We're no, going, oh, no, we're in gonna, the old. Oh, uh uh-uh. I had the the first thing that came up says the fact though that cheese is mentioned in the Bible gives credence to the fact that cheese has been consumed since ancient days. Well, there you go. Well, let me find the verse while we can. Yeah. This is Q&A day anyway. That's right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Leviticus 11 Uh-oh. and Deuteronomy 14. I hope Things be- that we should and should not consider as food. Oh, boy. Here are three interesting facts about. Now, look, this. The word cheese or curdled milk appears yep. twice in the King James Version. Well, there you go. <laughs> Am I going to read this? Yeah. This yeah. says, because who knows who wrote this? I just Googled this, but second, they got Second Samuel 17, 27 through 29, and it came to pass when David uh, came to, I can't pronounce this, uh, what is Second Samuel? What? Second Samuel seventeen twenty seven through twenty nine. This is literally live off the cuff here. <laughs> we it didn't, says earthen vessels, this. weed, barley, flour, parched corn, beans, uh, parched pulse, and honey, butter, sheep, and cheese of kine hmm. for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said the people. Well, that can't be right. Mine says, it says the people is hungry and weary. Or this ver- the, the RNIB says in, in 29, cheese from cow's milk for yep. David and his people to eat. There you go. It was there. Wow. I mean, you're talking about now, millenniums. This is, yeah. We, this thousands, is a life-changing moment for for me. Because <laughs> the next time Jay says, hey, can you, what are you eating all that cheese? That's not good for you. I'm going to like... Trying to be biblical here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, David, the Bible says cheese is in. All you cheese makers of Wisconsin, keep it going. It's biblical. Uh, pardon me while I mention that David was a man after God's own heart, and yeah. they're bringing him cheese yeah. in bulk. Yeah. I'm and not from goat, as I suspected, but actually from a cow. There you go. Which tells Isn't you it? something about human ingenuity. Because we talked about this before. I mean, the first person that tried an egg, the first person that figured out you could make cheese from cow's milk. Who crawled up on a crawfish hole, looked down oh, in it, boy, you and the crawfish me. was there looking at him. He said, you know, I wonder if I could eat that. It just crunched because, you know, the first ones were consumed right out of the right out of the hut. Well, it's like, you know, Missy's family, you know, what I told you about when the first time he ate shrimp, he said, boy, they were fantastic, but they were so crunchy. <laughs> Now tell them first. <laughs> Every time you say that now, I was like, you did what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, All man. right. It's Q&A day. Give us some. Right, well, we answered that question off, literally off the cuff. I didn't know that was in there either. Just shows you. Yeah. But I like that dad thought of that. Was it, it's cheese in the Bible. I, I've never, it's never. I thought, I, I, I was thinking there probably is a place because. Yeah. I was just how could something be that good? But you just think about it. I was just accentuating the point that when they came over from Europe, but that thing went way back, all the way back, all the way back to the what? The Middle East? Ancients. I've always held held a grudge against the Swiss over over because they produced a product that is three fourths air. You know the Swiss with all the holes. I'm like, but I love Swiss cheese. I like it, but. Can we not make it? Can you not fix your machine? <laughs> Got to remember, Jace, don't mess with the old ways of making it. <laughs> that's, that's Just right. go with it, man. Don't go with it. it. Right, All man. I want to do is close up the holes. <laughs> I was just holding my breath that you were going to find some verse in Leviticus that God said, you will be struck down if you eat cheese. Well, By you the gotta, way, I you saw... you got to be careful I, when you Google something. There's a cave somewhere. Hang, hang, hang on, Dad. Let's take a break. A lot of stressors out here uh, in the age of corona. No doubt about it. People are stressed out. They're, they're well, when worried we, about When we were kids, the number one move... The when we were wrestling and fighting was to pull the hair out. 
Of course, this won't help you with that. <laughs> However, so, so that was your stress reliever was pulling the hair out of somebody me else's. Me pulling head. Willie's hair out was my stress reliever. <laughs> well, one of the things we don't want you to be stressed out is losing your hair, and so uh, keeps uh, which we've. Uh, had a long-time relationship with on the podcast, they want you to be able to keep your hair, which is the whole deal. They say, once it's gone, now they can't help you get it back, but they can help you keep it if you connect with these guys. So you go online, they're going to have a doctor review all your info, make sure that this is safe for you. So go to keeps.com, that's K-E-E-P-S.com slash door, and you're going to get 50% off your first order, which is really great. So it's keeps.com slash door and don't be stressed about losing your hair. There's a cave somewhere in Switzerland, and I saw a guy standing at the mouth of the cave. Were you there, or you saw this on TV? I watched it on television. Oh, here we go. And But it was one of these documentary-type deals. <laughs> was Matt Dillon there? No, not Matt. <laughs> and the guy pointed in the cave, and he says, this cave, the deeper you go into the cave... As you go forward and go deeper and deeper, the molds change. These, this cavern, this cave was stacked full of thousands upon thousands of pounds of cheese. And he says, as you go further back, there'll be a different kind of mold. He said, I just want to make sure my, our listeners understand something. All of the molds that's growing on this cheese, and some of it is put there for months, sometimes for years, but it's supposed to be the finest cheese of all time. Mm -hmm. But he says they all it has over a hundred different kind of molds yeah. that grow on it. He said uh, the good news is all edible. Yeah. All of those molds, you see your cheese and it's green looking, you're like, what in the world happened to the cheese? Throw that out. He I, was making a point that I don't these, eat the mold. The molds are growing the cheese. He said, all edible yeah. inside this cave. Well, I know you can just cut it off and eat the cheese. And no problem. Delicious. Do yeah. you cut it off or do you eat it? Since I saw that, I said, well, you know, I shouldn't worry about got a little mold on it. But you still can't eat it. You still have to cut it off. Just well, most it. of it. <laughs> as far as, you know, I, I do kind of trim it up a little bit. But a little hey. bit here and there, you know, I've noticed that I've never had any kind of reaction but that, well, you know, mold you, it or not. When you age meat, you get mold, deer, sure. beef. I mean, you sure. know. But uh, the guy that ate the Y'all can look that up on your black boxes, but you say <laughs> molds on cheese. I'll, I'll take your word he for put it. A, he put a thumbs up on it. He said, no problem. No, it, it, but, it's not a problem. You're right. But the guy who ate the 14-year-old pickle, the story we told before, <laughs> look it up in a previous podcast. He was a microbiologist. He finds the jar of pickles that had fallen under the bench of the duck blind, <laughs> looked at the expiration date. He was doing a lot of, hmm, hmm. And I was watching him because I thought, here's a microbiologist. He's inspecting these pickles. And I said, how long expired? I can't remember. It was, it was, 10, it was over 10 years. And, and this thing, you know how pickles green, this was brown and fuzzy. That, and there were several of them. And he, he went in, and I thought, I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> But he grabbed it and he was looking and I thought, and what I, what I, the last thing I was expecting was the next journey, which was not a nibble. He went in and went, and I, it made me nauseous. And he said, nothing wrong with it. I said, but how does it taste? And he said, well, that's a different story. But he was making your point, which was, it is edible, but not preferable. I wouldn't recommend that. No, I saw it happen. But I saw him do it. Yeah. I was there in the blind, too, and I watched him. And I, of course, he, he ate it, and we all stood around like, you know, if waiting he ate for him to fall. strict down. We, we're waiting on him to fall over or grab his stomach and Whoa. say, oh, I'm, I'm going. Thank y'all. Missy had the same. Look, yesterday, I went metal detected yesterday, and when I, was, you know, I was in a wooded area, and so I had to take a shower. And because I was nasty, you know. Well, you know how you're they, in a wooded area and you want to take a shower. What are you talking about? Well, I, I, I hunted in a wooded area. When I got home, oh, okay. I said I got to take a shower because yeah. you're in wooded I, areas every day. So I took my shirt off, and you know how you have that peach fuzz that that accumulates in your belly button. 
from time to yep, time. Fuzzy I think navel. it just yep. happens to men. I'm not sure. I've the hair, a... <laughs> the hair traps it up. Okay, so I look down and I see a substantial amount of something in my <laughs> belly button. So as, as I'm getting to the shower, so I reach and grab it. Well, when I grabbed it, I could tell this is alive. <laughs> oh my word! And so I squeezed. <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> I squeezed and it was a huge spider. And I thought, how did I not know? Well, I'm in that moment when Missy walks in and I'm like, be glad it was not a brown recluse well, or a black Well, I wasn't widow. sure what it was. Yeah. And I, she said, what is it? I said, I just killed a spider out of my belly button, <laughs> which I know the way that sounds now. The question is, how long had he been there, though? Well, I don't know. And, and I'm like, how did I not know that was on me? Which is what she kept saying. But then you know how your brain plays tricks on you. Because then I thought, surely that thing bit me when I when I squeezed it. And so how it's like I lost my faculties. I was like, do I feel the same? I was looking at my belly button. I was looking for a hole. But, you know, as the night went on, Missy kept saying, how do you feel? I was like, I mean, I feel a little flush. <laughs> I think it's just the power of suggestion. Right. So I I feel fine now. So I, I guess You still it, don't know what kind of spider it was? I mean, I literally just... Oh, you crushed turn, it. Most I, spiders I, are non-pollinators. A brown recluse or a black widow, that would have been a bad scene there. Yeah, that wouldn't have been pretty. Yeah. But nope. probably they would have already bitten you. Sorry, so. I hated to go down that road. But I, that hit me because I thought the power of the mind is yep. you, you think something's wrong. I mean, like, oh, no. What if that was – when? at what point do I, like, call the doctor? Because an autopsy on this spider is going to be difficult. I mean, because I just – oh, it's alive. I immediately crushed it because it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Jason's so. had more. He had the earwig. Something was in his beard that it's time. It's because I go out into the wilderness. And I guess – I mean, now I will say that was embarrassing not to know there's – and why did he pick my belly button? It's like, well, this is th- your idea of a home? He thought it was some kind of – like a railway yard go up in there. <laughs> he thought it was a cave. It was a spider cave. That's what I'm saying. I did think that was weird. But my whole life, I've never had something crawl up in my oh, belly button goodness. without me knowing it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, hmm. She's like, how do you not notice that? I was like, I guess he slipped in. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong mean, spider and you'd be in a bind there, Jay. Right. <laughs> I'm always looking when I'm out getting stuff out of my shed and stuff because, you know, the Black Widow's, and the brown recluse around here are bad. Yeah, a lot of them. I spray for them. In my I house. think it's your approach. Look, we hunt every year in Kansas, and my buddy has a camp. And I was telling him about that. I was like, I killed a brown recluse in your in your camp. I mean, you need to spray for these things because I saw it. I knew it was a brown recluse. I yep. killed it. I was like, this is dangerous. He said, Come here, let me show you something. We walked out to his shed right beside the house, and he like turned the light on and pulled something up. There were, they were teeming everywhere. He's like, you're not, there's not enough spray in the world to stop this. He's, they won't bother you. I thought, oh boy. (laughs) Well, do you realize how much sleep I got the rest of that trip? (laughs) I had nightmares about. Yeah, I don't like spiders. It was, it was really. So next time you go there, just keep that in mind. There are brown recluses literally everywhere. Teeming. He's not worried about it. Of course, then he started talking about the resurrection, and I thought, well, he's well, got a point. Okay. I do the you same know, thing. I'm not going to sit here and argue on that side of things. <laughs> no. But he's well, like, I'm just telling you. It's probably not going to kill you. The problem is it rots a piece of your flesh out everywhere it bites yeah. you. That's the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, but, most people I mean, he's, from. you know, he, my buddy, he's rah, rah. I know a few that's been bitten by him. It was quite, quite yeah. the pain. Oh, yeah. Or a snake bit either. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's get into our thing here. Uh, yeah. We're not quite ready for a break. So, um, we got a couple of questions today that, that I wanted to, we hadn't done Q and a in a while. I guess we started out as cheese in the Bible. Al, it was an investigation that needed a result it and had, we did it, it did. for you. The I'm great, not sure they filmed all that. Did you? Yeah, he got it on. Eating yeah. cheese is biblical. We Go found that's it. biblical. We found out where dad's cheese is. We're, we're in the wheels are in motion to get that cheese down here to the Let's river. Give something a little more sustaining. So crystal, uh, asked a question and uh, she said, I've heard you guys talk about, she called it the age of discernment. 
Um, you know, an age when a person becomes aware of sin this is what she's referring to. When does that happen and how can you tell? And then she said, are you saying that before that time, the child would not be held accountable for their sin? So uh, let's take a break first. So I found out uh, recently because Lisa and I uh, purchased a home that your credit score is important. I didn't really understand that or know that because I haven't borrowed any money in a long time. But an idea, and I thought, man, we got to get the points up because then you get a lower interest rate. So what happens is your credit score is down. You pay higher interest over the course of a loan, especially if it's you know ten, fifteen, twenty years. You're going to pay a lot of money. So one of our um, one of our sponsors, Scoremaster, uh, has come up with a system basically uh, that raises your credit score sixty one points in twenty days on average. So they do a pretty good job with this. We used it; it worked for us. We saved us some money. So go to scoremaster.com slash feel. That's scoremaster.com slash feel and figure out how to get your credit score up, especially if you're going to take out a loan. It'll help you. I mean, so first I, of all, I want to say this. No matter what the answer is to that question, because the Bible does not give a specific age. Correct. That's the short answer. Right. There's no... Age of accountability, or what did she call it? Age of discernment. Discernment. Which I actually like that. Some people believe in the religious world that you're born into a sinful condition. I do not subscribe to that because I believe they are choices that we make. And Galatians 5.19 says, The acts of the sinful nature, which is another phrase that has come up. I'll agree that people are born with the, what would you say, the propensity to sin at some point. Yeah. So that's what they mean by sinful nature. But to say that a baby is filled with the things that are listed in Galatians five nineteen, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going with that. Uh, I think sexual immorality, you know, because yeah. it, it's a decision. You think what is sin? Well, First John three four defines it. Sin is breaking the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. That's what First John three four says. Right. So it that is a willful act decision that is contrary to the nature of God. Would you agree? Yep. So I don't know a lot of. Little baby, and I'm using babies as an example because at some point they reach an age where they understand. Bible doesn't address it. Therefore, when the Bible doesn't specifically give a number, I do think that that's open for interpretation. Now we can discuss it. Well, I think most people. My my, my thinking is, and I could be wrong because I don't I, I don't believe that you have original sin either. But I'm assuming. Now you called it original. What does that mean? Just that the original sin by Adam then brought sin for every person after. Well, that's which, different, I think, than what I was referring to. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You said some people believe that that you're born in sin. That's because yeah. they call it the original sin, which oh. was from Adam. And okay, I assume, maybe it is the same. I, I assume it was from Acts five, when Paul is describing Adam versus Jesus. Remember that text? Yeah. And he says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all men because all sin. So if you read that whole text, I could see where you could extrapolate that concept. Problem is, you miss it because in the context, it's not about it's not about the sin carrying forward. It's that he was a sinner, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is the one that brings salvation. So it's more about the two men. Here's here's and what not I'm about gonna, this idea. Of here's sin what here. I would right. tell Crystal. Uh, <clears throat> Because Jace made a critical point. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. You're like, so so prior to the written code, <laughs> well, what, the what's it? Written law. All yeah. who sin under the law will be judged by the law. The Jews received it written in stone. But you say, what about before the law was written? Tell them where you're at. Yeah, I'm in uh, Romans chapter 2. two. Yeah. It is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's side, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles, now Crystal, you'll have to watch this very carefully, who do not have the law, we weren't given the law of Moses at Sinai, 
But when Gentiles do by nature, when they when you you've got people who are lost because they've sinned, people who are saved because they've embraced Jesus and their sins are removed. So you have the saved, the lost. Well, let me interject something before you finish your point. Would it be okay then to say they're safe, lost, saved? That's why I was fixing to add, but what about the ones who are safe? Yeah. Yeah. So look, here comes the law, and you don't have to have it written down because God wrote it on your heart. Since they show, verse 15, that the requirements of the law, which is obedience, 100% obedient, are written on their hearts. So now we're inside the mind. This Which right is here. a strong evidence that there is a God. That because is correct. people's minds know right from wrong. Correct. So, Go ahead. So we get to the crux of the matter. You say, well, how would we know what the requirements of the law meant? Well, you have to be old enough for your conscience inside your heart mm-hmm. To tell you, what will it do? Your conscience, it also bears witness. This is right. Yeah. So do do so. This is wrong. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Their thoughts in your mind, now accusing, now defending. In one sense, when your conscience gets developed enough. Now look, you have a baby in a crib. It's a child, and the child is three days old. The child's conscience in here has not matured enough for the child to know the difference between right and wrong. This child at three days old, Al, has no idea about sexual immorality, lying, thievery, cursing, bitterness, hatred. This child is too young to understand the concept. His brain is not developed enough, and his conscience is not developed. However, however... (laughs) We all know, you say, well, how will we know? Crystal says, how will we know when that time is? Well, you ask Crystal, you say, Crystal, honey, remember when the sin started? Just give me an idea kind of when it was. And she'll say, well, I was about 12 or 13. Or I, well, I was, depending on what depending culture. On, depend, yeah. Depending on the culture. Because there's no age. There's no, no age. No age. So, yeah. but, but just say, but when did your sinning start? Let's ask ourselves a question. Talk to a group of 100,000 people, and they're all over 15 years of age. You say, you remember when the sin started? And they will all say, yes, we did. Yep. You go back to the first time you were immoral. You remember that? Yeah. You remember the first time you started telling lies? Yeah, I remember that. Well, how old were you? So some will say 10, some will say 11. In this day and age, I've noticed, I've kind of changed my thinking on how old somebody it's needs to younger, be isn't it? because I'm looking at like junior high girls and boys that are doing things right. and right. seeing things that a lot of it depends on their culture that they're in. I mean, so we're in that, in that crystal, in that right there in Romans chapter two, uh, uh, if you're con- let's see, well, look, while you're looking, I want to say one thing though. Sins of me be uncovered. On the day when God will judge men's secrets, everything that you've participated in and what you, your thoughts were on it, you, there will be a day of reckoning through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. You come to Jesus, and you will really be saved, which would be safe. Yeah. Because All right. But what I was going to say is, so a lot of, like at our that's church. That's my thinking on it. At our church, we do baby blessings, and... You know, I had somebody tell me one time, they're like, what? They haven't reached the age of accountability. uh, accountability." I was like, because they were saying, well, this is a Catholic thing that y'all are doing a Catholic thing. We thought y'all were whatever. I'm not into all the groups. I don't know. We were having a weird conversation there. I was like, well, wait a minute here. it's, It's okay for families to dedicate their baby, number one, as a gift from God, and and like at where you know we meet, yep. y'all give a charge to the parents. They give a we, little Bible. Well, the kid, the baby can't read the Bible. So why um, are you giving the Bible? Well, you're, it's a uh, symbolic yeah. of 
giving glory to God. The baby understands and, nothing at this age. Understands nothing. It's because uh, it's the conscience has but, not developed yet. But my point is, I don't want people to think that that's a bad thing. That I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, sure it is. It, it and the same. I'm, I I apply that. You know, because I'm trying to be practical. Because a lot of people are listening. They're like, "Well, what we're doing is, you know, baptizing tons of little kids." I mean, so what are you trying to say? I'm like, well, it doesn't give an age. I think anytime that you're stopping your life and dedicating a person to God, taking a challenge as parents, I I, I think it's all positive. But we're just trying to give you uh, insight into what is best and, and leaving the door open for later. So I had a conversation. Hey, Jess, let's take another break. So I would say, would you say, how important are trees to us, to the three of us sitting at this table? Would you, would you say trees are an important part of your life? Big, big part like, of our life. I like to climb them. I like to look at them. You like, like to chop them up. I like to burn them. We plant a lot of trees. We plant a lot of trees. We plant them. And you know, it's funny, Dad. So I'd say a cypress is probably, we would call that a slow growing tree, right? Because it takes slow. a long time to be able to do that. So one of our sponsors um, that has been with us before and now they're back is a, is a company called Fast Growing Trees. So it was interesting. I thought about a cypress tree, how it's a slow grower because it takes a long time for it to get to its full strength. These guys, basically have fast growing trees that you can put whether it's in your yard or if you're making a fruit orchard and you want to be able to grow them up pretty quick uh, really good in fact lisa and i have gone online because we're looking at getting a couple of palm trees for the southern layer so we're working with them on that which we're excited about so why don't you check these guys out if you're in need of some fast growing trees now through june the 20th you can go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. You get 15% off your order, which is really good. So it's through June 20th. 15% off fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson to get you some trees. I had a conversation at the last event with the people who were driving me around. They asked this exact question. I mean, this was like 10 days ago. And I, I was tempted to say, how old is he? But I know that doesn't matter. So I said, look, because they said he was going to be baptized that day. And I actually used that to, when I shared Jesus to the whole crowd, I said, I know they're already going to baptize somebody. So if you want to join them, come down. They said 13 of them did, but great. But they said, well, how do you know if he's old enough? And so I kind of went through what we're talking about. I was like, well, the accident's sinful nature, obvious. And they're like, well, he's not. He's pretty young. I mean, they their first response was, he's pretty young. I was like, well, what I generally do, because I'm going to stand before God as one who gave people advice and Jesus, just like y'all have. Yep. I said, well, I try to get people, not talk them out of it, but like say, why don't you, know, why don't you wait till you fully understand? Because I know once I heard Jesus and understood it, wild horses wouldn't have kept me away. If somebody said, why don't you wait and think about it? And I was like, okay. You know, it makes me question my desire or my motivation, you know. But even if a person does it, so that's what I told them. I was like, why don't you say, you know, do you think you're old enough? Maybe you need to, because you don't want to say, go out there and experience some sin so you understand the cross. I mean, that's terrible advice. I said, but why don't you just try to go through it? And if they still want to do it, go ahead. But as a parent, because I don't think it's a negative thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think later on, they may come and realize, you know what? Maybe I didn't really understand everything I needed to understand. I've had a mighty throng tell me that. I've had hundreds. Me too. And look, we've baptized people, I guess, again. And, you know, part of, I know that understanding means something. You have the story in Acts. Have we covered that yet? Where they, it was a different situation in that they were yes. baptized by John. It's Acts 19. So we'll get to that at some point. But they hadn't even, they didn't even know you could get the Holy Spirit when you were baptized. And so they, they baptized them again. Yeah. So, but they had John's baptism and they had baptism. John you know, the and, Baptist. Baptism. Yeah. John the Baptist. Baptist and then the which Christ. I've compared that same thing you were talking about to people because we get a lot of people asking mm-hmm. questions. They come from a group that did baptize them as an infant, 
<clears throat> then they were confirmed. They call it confirmed at like 13, which is kind of what we're talking about. It's kind mm-hmm. of a two-step process is the way they do it. And to kind of, in their mindset, I'm assuming it takes care of the original sin to start with. Then they confirm that this is why I did that. Right. So that's kind of the tradition. But what, what happens is I have a lot of people say, should I be baptized again? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Should you? Because it really is a personal. You know, <laughs> it, it, well, the reason we're rambling and giving you all these situations, all people are different. That's right. Cultures are different. Situations are different. You can't apply. And the Bible is not specific about a number. That's right. So all we can do is give the principle in that God, if God created you, I mean, my point is God, this is all coming from the opposite of God's nature is sin. He has no sin. That's why I lean to believe when God created us, we were sinless because he is sinless. He's the author and perfecter. The problems come up by giving us the ability to choose, which will then lead to choosing something that's contrary to the nature of God, which is the definition of sin. It's hard for me to look down uh, in a mother's arms and she's holding a two-month-old baby in her arms and me to whisper in her ear, this is one sinful little creature that yeah, you're holding I, I, here. I don't believe it at all. I, I don't think so. And, you know, we were talking about, you reading that about the conscience, Dad, in Romans 2. Later on, Paul, talking about himself, would say one, in Romans 7, verse 9, once I was alive apart from law. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that means something. And when the yep. commandment came, yep. when he understood, sin sprang to life and I died. And that's why, to Jace's point, I've seen a lot of 11- and 12-year-olds through the years that I said, well, one thing for sure, they are mean little creatures here at Lebanon. I've seen some 12-year-olds that shock me on what Mm -hmm. they are into in these modern times. Well, exactly. That's why you got to take take each situation and remember Plus, nothing wrong with being sure if you turn 18 and you say, man, I, I don't know. In my case, I was baptized at 12, but it was evident from 12 to 28 yeah. Yeah. that it didn't take. <laughs> A lot of well, people say, well, 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 were you too young? I said, let me just put it this way. Whatever happened at 12, that didn't take. Yeah. Because I, I proved that I was no son right. of God. I had a similar experience. So what happened was you were, you were in your mind doing what you thought was the right thing to do. One of my buddies reason. said, let's go get baptized. Right. I run down there and do it, but but I didn't even know but who when Jesus the, was. Well, when the I, test of wills yeah. came, you submitted to the evil side until you were 28. That is correct. So let's, let's take our last break. Well, and how, the home you're raised in, one of the factors I always tell people is, is a couple things. One is it's not just understanding, it's not just the conscience, it's also understanding the consequence of what sin does. You know, and, and that's hard to figure out because, uh, look, a little five-year-old kid tells a lie and you catch them in the lie because they're pretty easy to detect. Yep. And then you say, why did you tell that lie? Well, he knows he did something wrong, but he doesn't understand the consequence of what that means. Yeah. In or other words, that it's sinful right? per se. Right. Yeah, because they just know it's wrong. That's why I told. like the word safe. And, and think about it, it's also the umbrella of a household. You know, uh, some kids are raised up in a very sheltered environment and they're just not exposed to a lot of stuff and it takes them a pretty good while before they finally see it on their own whereas mm-hmm. you got another culture where they're just running free well then all of a sudden they're they're doing drugs at, at such an early age oh, or yeah. whatever so you know a lot of it depends on that's the well, safety of a house i think too. when you know we were talking about baptism you got to remember that a lot of people are baptized without being connected to jesus and so all you did was get wet you know, first, I'll give you an example. You know, First Peter 3, 21 says, you know, water symbolizes baptism that saves you. It's not the removal of dirt from the body. So you, you're not going and taking a bath like you would. To, Every time to, you took a shower, it'd be washing away sins. Well, right. Because then it says it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you have to go into your mind when you say, I confess Jesus, my Lord, I accept Christ in my heart or Christ accept me. However you believe and accept, 
that's critical as far as the relationship, because when you brought up the family, just like the structure was no different in God's family. You know, God becomes our father, Jesus, our Lord, Savior, brother, the spirit, our counselor. The relationship aspects of that are way more important than this physical act of you just going down there. Because a lot of people, you don't know what's in their mind or heart, especially when they're young. Because I I told somebody uh, this before. I was like, if you want to baptize a bunch of 8 to 12-year-olds, I know how to do it. I'll get I'll get my dad and we'll go around the country and you just get them in a room. Oh, we'll we'll get them in. <laughs> Cuz it's easy and I mean that playfully cuz my point is they're impressionable. They want to they have good hearts which goes to my my thought about them being safe. And they want to they want to be they want to please not only God but people they're at a good age. Right. And so you go in there and give them some hellfire and brimstone and scare them to death. Guess what? They'll run to be saved. Yep. But then they don't have that connection with the Godhead. And then they miss what I wanted to read is, is the next chapter, which I hate how they break this chapter up because it says, you know, it saves you by the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Then it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, Arm yourselves with the same attitude because he who has suffered in, in his body is done with sin. As a result, he doesn't live the rest of his earthly days for evil human de- desires, but for the will of God, which is your point. Yeah. At 12, all of a sudden, you start noticing the opposite sex, the lure, the cravings of sinful man, the boasting what, what he has and does, and the pride of life. Well, what happened to this connection? There was no connection. This was just like you went and got baptized with your buddy. There was no spiritual connection, and your attitude is not like Jesus. It was just something you did. And so I think it's it's fair and it's welcome to go back and look at your life and say, no, wait a minute here. That, that That's perfectly fine. I mean, why would it be wrong to analyze that and to say, Oh, I don't, maybe I didn't understand that aspect and I need to really accept Jesus, you know, as Lord. I, I would think that would be encouraged, not frowned upon. Well, you know, for me, it's, it's weird because I can, I remember the month and year and how old I was. I can't remember the day when mm-hmm. I came to awareness. I remember it. I was, I was on the bus. It was, I was going to the 10th grade. I was on my way to Western Ohio High School for the first time. And girls began to get on the bus, and you know, we'd all some of the same kids I went to ninth grade with at Woodlaw. Mm-hmm. But you know, I had a girlfriend, all that. But we just nothing ever developed. I just wasn't thinking that way. But when they started walking on the bus, I just remember looking at them, and something changed. Mm-hmm. The way I looked at these girls getting on the bus, I had never looked at them that way before. I'd been down here all summer, probably bailing hay and fishing and all that. And your conscience was saying, whoa, whoa, whoa now. That's whoa. right. It's but weird you say that, Al, because... I, I still remember it clearly. I In was, fact, my girl, later girlfriend, I remember especially when she got on, because she had filled out from that one summer to the next. Yep, she wound yeah. up being the girlfriend. She wound up being the one I was immoral with. Yep. I mean, I just went right down that path, but it was, a, it was like a light bulb. I was know? in eighth I think eighth grade. I was 13. I was, so I don't know how old you are when you're eighth grade. Uh, probably about. Do the math. Probably about 12. 12, 12. And I, we, me and my buddies, we would go camping out and we would fish and we would hunt. We had our guns, which is kind of as I look back on it. <laughs> there's 12 and 13 year olds. I mean, we had well, a small arsenal. <laughs> We were trained to be on our guns. So. Yeah, but all my buddies, you know, you bring your guns, bring your fishing poles, and but I remember we did it all the time. And the guys I went to school with, yeah, just have fun, live off the land. And I remember we're at a camp out. We wasn't there five minutes, just like always. And one of the guys, he he had three. I guess he had stolen them, three uh, beers. You know, he didn't have the six-pack. They were on the six-pack rings, but there was only three of them. There was like six of us, and I thought, what are we, going to split this? Look, so he brought it out. He had a uh, marijuana joint that looked like a cigar, which I had never even heard of marijuana. You know, he didn't call it that, but that's what it was. thing was huge. 
And he had uh, a bunch of dirty books, you know, magazine. Cause so he was, he was running the trifecta right yeah. off the he bat. He just yeah. brought it right out, and, and I just thought, what what's going on here? And it, it, it like you, I had a moment here, because, yeah. I mean, they were flipping through these pages, and I was like, huh, because I was looking at, like, I didn't know that's how women look. Like. I mean, it was like, a, I was like, really? And so I was, I just realized there in that moment, thinking things have changed here. Yep. And I felt awkward, kind of tempted to, you the, know. Jace, the evil one, had entered the camp. That's right. Yeah. Which, Literally had entered the camp. Which what is what's what happened next, as I look back on it, because I'm just processing that, and all of a sudden, think brother, where art thou when they were uh, standing there eating the gophers and the people started coming through? <laughs> We heard some singing. We're in the middle of the woods in a cabin. We heard some singing. And one of the... Why is this funny? This is a true story. Because only you would have this experience. So yeah. Once again... Look. I've never heard this story before. So look, all of a sudden we hear these voices. And I'm like, that sounds like singing. And one of the kids uh, in our little group, his youth group, he had told them we were going camping out in the out in the cabin and they the youth group his youth group and the youth leader walked through the woods they they were singing just they just came out to surprise us now so, the the beer's being buried oh hey this kid is putting stuff under and you know what i thought was amazing which i'm glad the lord intervened in that because i that was I don't that know. was spiritual warfare being played out right there yeah because because i did say when he brought him out i was the one saying i don't know about that i mean like because yeah. he brought out the marijuana so like because they were like Nobody was saying anything except the kid bringing it out saying, this is what we're doing. And I said, I don't know about that. Because I thought, who knows what's in this cigar thing? <laughs> I mean, that's liable to kill me. And so they start singing the song, which what's weird is when we get out, they gather around our campfire. Then we're arm in arm singing church song. This kid that brought all the stuff, oh, he's singing. And I thought, you piece of garbage. Oh, he was just waiting to get back to his I, I've never heard that story. I have not heard yeah. that story. So and I'll tell you this. I never got invited to another one. That ended. That the crew went on. And, of course, I hadn't had my salvation moment. I hadn't right. come to Jesus. It was just... I thought, okay, this is we're big boys now. Yep. When the when the beer and the dope and the naked women show up, that's pretty well the sign yep, that things have changed. Yeah. And independent of how you. So, Crystal, to. there you are. There you go. Crystal. That's some things you can kick around in your own mind. Just remember, I don't know how old you are, but just go, just reel back a few years, and you'll come up with a date on when the sinning started or or thereabouts. Right. I think it's pretty evident with all people, if they're honest. So thank you, Crystal, for the question. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.